Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the We Speak English Good podcast. I am broadcasting live from the Budio in uh, San Diego, California, of course. And uh, today's guest, I am very, very happy to announce, is Rasar Amani. He is the frontman lyricist for The Leak, which is an amazing band. And you've probably heard me gush about them before. Concrete Project has played a couple of shows with them, one in Las Vegas at the Bunkhouse Saloon, which I recently found out is the poppin' place to play in Vegas right now. And also right here in San Diego at Winston's down the street from my house in Ocean Beach, California. Now, I I know you guys heard me gush about these guys, and um, I, I suggest you guys go out and see them live. They put on such a performance, and when I saw them both times, I mean, you just tell right away that they just have this um, vibrance and magnetism to them. That is just, uh, they're going to do big things. And they're already doing big things. They were—they had a residency at the Sayers Club on the Vegas Strip. They've been on the cover of whatever the Vegas magazine is. Sorry, Rasar, I don't remember what it was called. And, um, you know, they're doing great things. They're traveling. They're getting their name out right now. So what you need to do right this second is go to Bandcamp or Google Bandcamp. The Leak, and that's T-H-E-L-I-Q-U-E. And you need to download Democracy Manifest. This is their latest album that is out now. If you're in Vegas or if you're going to be in, let's see, in in, uh, San Jose or Sacramento or Zugfest, let's see, that's September 29th through October 1st. They're going to be going through those cities, maybe L.A., I guess. Um Or if you're going to be at the Life is Beautiful Festival, which is September 23rd through the 25th, um, you should go pick up hard copy from them. And uh, listen to it, enjoy it, absorb it, become it, let it become you. Uh, Absorb it into your pores through uh, some kind of musical osmosis. Because it's good shit, man. And I'm not blowing smoke. I, I really enjoy the album. Uh, yeah, the production value is amazing, which we talk about in this this uh, interview. So go ahead, pick yourself up a copy of Democracy Manifest. Remember, it's Bandcamp and then the leak. So Google that. I'll have that also in the liner notes. So just click on that little fucking little link there, and it'll take you right to where you need to be because that's where you got to be. I think it's only 7 bucks, and uh, it's worth it. Anyways, um, where was I? Oh, yes, I was um, gushing again. <laughs> My stars. Anyways, uh, yeah, so let me do a couple dates, and then we'll get right into the podcast here. Um, let's see. Me and Raina, I'm, I'm going to be playing with Raina. We're going to do an acoustic set uh, today, which this is going to drop on probably Friday the 19th. Shit. Or the 22nd. Man, I don't even know what day it is. Oh, it's the 18th. So tomorrow. Tomorrow on the 18th, uh, me and Raina will be down at the 710 Beach Club in Pacific Beach, California. We're going to be playing from 5 to 8, doing an acoustic set for our good friend Vic with Slick Entertainment. Check those guys out. Uh, So, let's see. Skanks Ruth Project will be at the Weber Reggae Festival in Stockton, California with Arise Roots and Ayaterra at the Mile Pub. And that's Saturday, 
August 23rd, and I think we go on around 10 o'clock. going to be a grueling show. We're going to be driving straight there. I don't know, and I think we're going to be driving straight back, so that's going to be rough, but we're happy to be there. Um, also, Skanks Roots Project at Haraz Casino on August 28th. I don't know what day of the week it is. Sorry. Um, and I don't know what time we play. Check uh, Band in Town, Google Band in Town, Skanks Roots Project. No, I'll let you know. Then we also are doing a fall tour at, through the Southwest. We're going to the Royal in Salt Lake City, Utah on September 22nd. September 23rd, the Lighthouse Lounge in Ogden, Utah. September 24th, I think it's the Las Vegas Country Saloon, just LVCS in Las Vegas. So we're going to actually be going to Las Vegas, which um, our guest today, Rasar, that's where he lives and that's where the leak is, um, uh, you know, that's their home base. So like Vegas, love playing Vegas. I'm glad I get to go there as often as I do. Uh, maybe we'll meet up with Rasar. Maybe, probably not. <laughs> Rasar is a busy guy. In any case, uh, let's see here. Uh, and then we're going to bring it all back home on September 25th at the Legacy Brewing Company in Oceanside, California. We're doing, I think we're doing a day show there. So if you want to stop by, that'll be the end of that tour. And uh, then Soulfire Band, Saturday, August 27th at the Coyote Bar in beautiful Carlsbad, California. Also, we just added a... Temecula date, which is Sunday, September 4th at the Blackbird from 3 p.m. to 6.30. Um, and that's going to be cool because it's a little cool outdoor place with uh, um, fire pits and cool stuff like that. So we'll be doing our thing over there. That is that. Um, and that is everything. So let's jump into the podcast and bring on Rasar Amani. Which, when I was listening back to this, <laughs> I was saying Rasar Armani, Armani, like, you know, the clothing line. <laughs> and I even said that when I introduced him on the on Skype, like right in front of him, and he didn't correct me. Maybe he didn't, uh, he, maybe he couldn't understand what I was saying because I tend to mumble. Also, just so you folks know, this it was recorded on Skype, so <laughs> I try not to edit the conversations down at all. And um, there was a lot of um, bad connections going on on this episode. So I'm sorry about that. I want to apologize. Sorry, Rasar. But it's a great conversation nonetheless. So please excuse some of the moments where I'm cussing about Skype's connection. It's just what happened. And I kept them in because it's just part of the show. So... Excuse that. Excuse the hell out of me. No, I'm sorry. That was so dumb. Okay. Let's bring on Rasar Amani. Rasar, how are you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing well, man. I'm enjoying this Vegas weather. Uh... Glad to be alive. We had quite the uh, lightning storm of our of a lifetime the other day. <laughs> you know, oh, oh for real? Like, uh, like just a couple days ago? Yeah, like two days ago. Had your brother, you know, 
in the midst of existential questioning, for sure. <laughs> De- definitely uh, faced with mortality, for sure. So I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> well, yeah. I heard that you guys have been getting some, like, torrential, like, well, not torrential downpours, but, like, just some crazy lightning, crazy weather this year. Yeah, um, yeah. It's pretty, you know, you know, we all like to act like we've grown and, you know, everybody's... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Everybody likes to act like they're, oh, I'm so confident. No, I'm telling you, that goes right out the window. I've seen people lose it out here. Like, it it definitely unnerves you. So, it's, oh, I'm just, I'm just glad to be here. I'm familiar <laughs> with it, man. Like, when, uh, yeah. my first, uh, my first earthquake out here, because I'm from Ohio, and like, Ooh. we have, um, we have tornadoes, mm. but like, and those are crazy. Right. Those are, those will have you praying to yes. whoever you yes. pray to yes. um yes. and then uh but the the, the fucking earthquake that oh, shook man. me to my core to a point Ooh. where i get like i think it fucked with my equilibrium because now right. i get points where i uh I'll, I'll be just uh i'll just be standing in the shower and all of a sudden i'll just stand still and feel like the earth is shaking but it's wow. just my equilibrium and i've never wow. had a problem with that so wow. it was nuts, and so I I, I feel you, man, because like as soon as the earthquake starts, I turn yeah. into the biggest bitch there right. ever. <laughs> you know, and, uh, I, hey, there's nothing you can do. Mother Nature does not care about you know, your opinion at all. Yeah, the, like, the the world will exist without us on it. Well, so true. Until the sun implodes on itself, and then you know. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> but that's yeah. not for a while. We gotta admit it. Yeah. Anyways, so so uh. You uh you enjoy the Las Vegas weather? You know, I mean, I tolerate it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Las Vegas weather is it's it's like it's either devastating or uh, <laughs> like just weird moments of like just respite. We're like, oh, this is almost a normal place, but then like, but then there's like this ominous feeling like it's coming, and so like. <laughs> I mean, there was like even last month, there was like three days in a row, or was it June? Three days in a row, it was 118. You know, and just things like that. You know, you're just trying to live, and and you know things like that. And it's just incessantly hot. Like if it's 105 degrees, we just give thanks. You know, (laughs) so so you know, um, and then we get these flash floods. Oh shit! And then out of nowhere, like it, it, it literally can go from like a completely clear blue sky to like, like literally like a foot of rain and you know. So, aside from the weather, I found a lot of cool people out here. Yeah, uh, Vegas is amazing, man. Like, wait, yeah, yeah it's very fun. Every time I've been there, I meet nice people, you yeah. included. Um, oh man, Rissar, Rissar, uh, we met through a show that mutual friends R and R, the now right. defunct R and R. They uh, they put a show together for the Concrete Project and put the leak in. There were some other acts. Uh, Cameron yeah. performed that night too. And Cameron Calloway. Cameron Calloway, a wonderful yeah. singer, and he's also yeah. on the new album. He's on. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, that was a blessing. Yeah, man. He, he man, he has some pipes. He I, really does. That dude is one of the best singers I've ever met. Yeah, like, and he has uh, the, the he has that uh, ability to stop a room and just yeah. like in its core and just be like, wow. Like the only thing you can do is just stare and and be like, holy shit, that's that's happening right now, yeah. right in front of us. This. 
Yeah. And and for me, I thought the league um to tell you the truth, I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan ever since I saw you guys and I talk a lot about you guys just yeah. randomly on the show. Uh, I gush like a little girl just because ah. I was so blown away about uh, of your guys' performance. And Man, thank you. because uh, you bring like a very theatrical performance to or a theatrical yeah, performance to the stage, uh, mm. which I feel like doesn't really meet hip hop in, in that way. You know what mm. I mean? Like um, I, the one song that oh, that got me that sticks out in my mind is is it Walk Into My Office or is it Step? It's Walk Into My A lot of people say almost everyone says Step. I don't know why because I like. There's even better alliteration. Like, that's part of the reason why I said walk into my office. Like, the awk and off. Yeah, but everyone, yeah. But everyone that comes up to me on the street or whatever, they'd be like, step into my office. Like, they'll <laughs> yell it at me. Yeah. And I'm like, they're so sure and confident that it's step. Step in there. Yeah, and I, I, I never try to, like, crush people's soul. But, like, it kind of, you know, one of these days I'm be like, it's walk, it's you guys. <laughs> It's walk, you asshole. Yeah. Do a choking sign right now, yeah. I, which I don't think Rosario would choke his fans no, for no, coming no, up to no. him and reciting um, wrong lyrics back to him. I mean, that's yeah, no. just that's just an honor in itself to have some people just come up to you and be like, step into my office. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's crazy. It's wild. It's, it, that song is definitely, there's a whole, well, I guess we were going to talk about that. There's a whole... Yeah lot of stuff to that song well yeah i actually wanted to that was one of my questions i was going to ask later the thing but shit it's here now let's just do this um so that song in particular i'm sure it has a wonderful backstory um (laughs) uh, but but just since we were talking about like your theatrics on stage i mean like you get very active and i don't want to give away too much because like part of the fun of seeing the league live is seeing i mean this song like if you see the song you're gonna know why it stands out um so i don't know like how do you when you are when you do that song when it comes to that song what's the range of reactions that the audience you get from the audience i I mean i don't know if that's sort of too broad of a question or not but like i know what i got and i know that what i saw the two times i have seen you guys perform I've seen, you know, what I saw, but like, what are some of the, what are some of the ranges that you've noticed over the times that you've played that song? Man, well, see, well, first you got, you got to know that that song is six years old. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an older song. Yeah, and it comes from my catalog and it was never that extensive. It was a, it's a two and a half minute jam from an album I put out five years ago called Indubitably. And you know, like the lyrics are the same on the verses and most of the chorus, but when it, I've been playing with bands for about four years, so a lot of the insanity I had already been doing like three or four years ago, but <laughs> but the leak just took it to a different level. I mean, I was bugging out with it with my other band in Sacramento, Bread Fam, but the leak just does like these guys just get it. They're weird, and uh, I I mean I'm building up to the way the people react yeah yeah please take your time do your thing man you know um people what it is it's it's obviously the game changer (laughs) and for the longest time it was our closer we used to close on that song which i never thought i thought it was a great closer because like what can you say after that but um i think some 
we really after we got more songs, we realized maybe we should like not weird everyone out at the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was our closer almost all of last year, and then we were like, wait a minute. And then so we we actually noticed a more positive response when like it comes out of nowhere a little earlier, mm. and we don't start that way because like if we would scare everyone off, but <laughs> right. it, what it does is. It's a reason why I think we legitimately have a cult following is that that's where the tribe is defined. That's where we find who's really down because we will, it will clear out a room. (laughs) It's definitely the one where like, I've, I've been doing it for like five years. I've definitely seen like rooms, not completely clear out, but I've definitely seen like at least 20, 30% of a room leave on that song. And the best, the most rewarding part of that is we get rid of all the, the chaff. We get rid of everything because we don't want residual fans. We don't want anybody who's casually listening. We want you to be deeply involved along for the ride. We want you to be as weird and, and like, that's where we're like, okay, then we can really open up now. And then the show becomes fun again. So actually for us, like, um, you know, we've performed it everywhere and, uh, we actually performed it in front of a very, uh, religious crowd and that was kind of interesting hmm. because we opened for lecrae which was an awesome show and uh, I, that was one of those things where like i think we really scared <laughs> scared everybody because like they were rocking with us on everything and it just felt so good like yeah we could do anything we could, <laughs> we, could even, we could even do walking to my office and we definitely lost they were like oh yeah, they pulled <laughs> like, back so but overall like it, it usually causes people to like scream and like that's where like all the women start going ah, or like the guys just everyone goes insane and after the show it's like people will thank will thank me and us and that's one where people will uh we really i've had so many people unfortunately tell me in the business that's exactly what it's like. Like everything you just said, even though you were being ridiculous, it's actually that weird and bad. So, uh, it really just helps us find our tribe. And I'm very thankful for the song. Yeah, totally, man. And, um, the, so like, like when I saw, okay, so you guys, so the leak came to San Diego last year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, October. Yeah, so last October, the league came to one of the Concrete Project's last show as the Concrete Project, but we're kind of going to be the Concrete Project again. Anyways, right. that's a whole nother fucking discussion. Uh, but uh, right. the what I saw in the Winstons was, like, people were rocking, people were rocking, and then you did that, and then you were right. Like, it weirded people out, and the vibe, like, totally shifted. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember. I don't think you closed with that song. No, no, we didn't. Um, but I, I know that like shit shifted. And, yes. But like I've just said, they're like yes, like that. Yes. Because to me, like that's like when a band does that and a band puts themselves out there and a band makes themselves vulnerable like that. That's where I'm like fuck yeah because you're yeah. taking a risk. Because yeah. like anybody can go up there, anybody can just play their ten songs, get mm-hmm. off stage, and move on to the next city. But when the yeah. band is putting in that much energy, I mean, especially <laughs> you, I mean, like you're put, I mean, like you are out there doing it, uh, <laughs> the ephemeral it. Um, yes. The you, it it just 
to me, I saw like people just like, what the fuck just happened? So yeah. I wanted to get your actual opinion on how you viewed the reactions of that. And I, and I think that's interesting that you're like, you know, we kind of like wean out the, the fucking the assholes and then bring in your tribe. Like you're pretty saying. much pretty much. Yeah, it, it definitely because you need that. And it's, that's why it's a it's a great gift. It's like um, it's like we're burning sage or something. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that. It shows on that song. Hold on, this is a moment right now, and I'm glad this is being recorded. Sure. I am probably gonna start bringing sage on stage during walking to my office. Nice. Hell yes. Oh, that's awesome. That just, that just happened. Beautiful, beautiful. We're, we're gonna, right now. There's an applause. Um, yes. A crowd just applauded. Oh, you're too kind. Yeah. Hit and then, the bomb. And then uh, turn the bomb off. And then um, Flex just said, "Drop the bomb." Uh, yeah, baby, you already know what it is. <laughs> uh, anyways, so please, if you can or if you want to, uh, can you tell me a history about that? Is that like a off based off of your own experience, or is that just something that you just sort of came up with? Was like or heard stuff about or. How how did that song come about? Man, walk office is all of the above. Okay. <laughs> walk in my office is everything. I'm a, I've been a student of the game. Something I haven't really brought up. I was a I've never really brought this up. I was fortunate enough to be mentored several times as a youth. I've been rapping since I was 12 uh, and early on I really wanted I took it very seriously to the point where like I went down to the radio stations and said, "How do I get a record deal?" And because I had the tenacity and the absurd, it was absurd. This 13 year old kid came down there to like major, imagine whatever your major hip hop radio station is. And like, it's popping. And then like a kid just comes down there with, had never recorded, no videos, social media wasn't even a thing. Like, no, like hadn't even done a talent. I'd done like one talent show. And I was like, how do I get a record deal? Well, it, it basically, uh, endeared me to this so actually i got into the radio world and like i got to do a bunch of stuff with djs there and they showed me the ropes and i got to see some a little bit of the industry early on when i was like 13 <clears throat> and it goes back to like my teenage years i never really bring this up but like i uh, used to do this thing there was like these scam artists uh, like a and r competitions and they tell you yo interscope records and all these people, and they would, it, I'm not saying it was that label, but I'm saying there was the event promoted that major labels would be listening to you. Yeah, and yeah. you'd have to drive, you know, two, three hours away and spend, spend all this money. And really, it was just a bunch of people. And some people who I saw became famous or underground, like, or not everybody really became famous, but they became underground titans. Like, there's this, this, rap, <clears throat> this rapper named Genro. And she, like, ended up being, like, a big, like, LGBTQ, like, artist that, like, I saw much later. But I met her there. Or, like, some other dude named Floss from Sac. Or I saw, like, JT the Bigger Figure kicking it there. Like, I mean, he was already, like, a, a made dude. He didn't need it. But the point is this. I g that was one of my first wake-up calls where I realized presentation is everything. Like, your story is really important. And, um... It's just a bunch of people. It's a bunch. It's a few gatekeepers, and it's a bunch of hopeful people who mean well and think that they have a chance, but they don't know that 
Well, the things have changed because the internet wasn't popping like that. So right. you do have a chance now. It's different, but you know, it starts from that. But then I had a mentor named Will, and Will had been in the game. He was like down with like MC Hammer and a whole bunch of like stuff. Like he was an OG, nice. and he he told me all this. But he got me to get this book called This Business of Music. And he got me looking into like copyright law and publishing and all these things. And he started getting me at age 16. I was looking at it as a music business. And by the time I was 18, I was like, I think around 18, 19, I decided I don't want a record deal. And I found a book called I Don't Need a Record Deal by, uh, I believe her name is Dan Danielle Dale Schwartz. And it just opened my mind to this whole, and that's how I learned about Andy DeFranco and like all this independent music, how you can make like, you know, you can make an awesome living if you, depending how you do it. And um, even if you don't make a ton of money, you can have like a lot of fans and go worldwide. And so anyway, what, what does that have to do with the demonic entities that I had channeled in that song? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying I've tried to go the mainstream route and I've, and I've stuck with the underground route and I've seen both sides. And it's just like being mentored by certain people, like just like showed me the ropes of like cronyism and like, it is about who, you know, how you frame things. And then uh, I think NWA story, although I'll lose a lot of hip hop points for this. I haven't seen Straight Outta Compton. It's it's I okay. It's it's not a bad movie. It's entertaining, but like any of those biopics are always very hard to swallow. You know what I mean? Like you know? I'm just like you didn't say that. Ice Cube wasn't yeah. up there being like, "I'll be back." You know? <laughs> you know? Like, exactly. You know, so Ice Cube I, wasn't doing that. That shit didn't happen. Like that. Shut up. That's that's entertainment exactly. value. So it's I right. I understand why you wouldn't want it or wouldn't I skipped get it out it. I deliberately did not see Straight Outta Compton, and a lot of hip hop heads I know saw it and they and they dug it. But I was like, I already seen all the documentaries. I know about Jerry Heller. I know about Rufus Records. I know about Tamika Wright. I know all the history. Like I I watch interviews and I read, and so I don't need like them to dramatize some shit and like overlook you know some stuff that we should know about. Right. So. Important. I'm sure it was very entertaining. It was but, very entertaining. I I was thoroughly entertained, but like in the back of my head, it's like that didn't happen. Fuck okay. you. Like come on. Exactly. It's exactly. Like, so it, it it's fun, but like it's just like any other movie. It's just you know, it's fun to like escape for a minute, but it's not really there to be taken too seriously, I suppose. Well, some exactly. movies. Whatever. And I want to take it more seriously it seems like when I saw all like the arguments that they started having over the money and they started seeing like how much Jerry had his hand in everything and, you know, just Ice Cube kind of breaking away and just the whole Death Row Records thing and just all the, the oppressive nature. Like, I think finding out about like all these beefs and like record label ownership, and all this stuff, and then just Michael Jackson's struggles and so all that's Michael Jackson, obviously Prince and all Prince being like major thing. Yeah. But um, but in my own experience, yes, things started to happen. I don't even know if we have time, but definitely <laughs> some things occurred that are uh, one of the main things was I was approached. I now speak about it a little more freely. I was approached by MTV to do made. I'm only now starting to say this, but. Uh, it was a very agonizing thing, and that was where the anger from that song came from because I was approached four different times in a year, and I didn't even ask for this. I did not – I didn't, like, know it was a thing. Like, they, I put out an album, 
they heard about it through like some sort of CD baby thing that happened. And then the producers liked it and all I had to do was send in a video and then I sucked at videos, but I was a good rapper. Yeah. But it was like, I sucked at like trying to, and so they were like, I kept passing and passing and then like the producers would shoot me down and they, they did it for like seven or eight months. And, but I had to block out my schedule and they were dangling this money and they were going to like, I was going to be on national television and they were telling me about the viewership and I had to block out like six weeks and stuff. And it was, it was very mind boggling. And I was thinking about how it would change my resume. And I was like, man, and it was just, it was just kind of gut wrenching, man. It took a lot out of me. And then finally, like, I think after the fourth time, they just, I just like, man, you know, could y'all please stop? And then it did stop. And, um, there was a whole bunch of other things that happened of just, there's a weird, there's, it's now living in Las Vegas. It's crazy. Was like, this all I happening was, in Sacramento? Cause you're from yes. Sacramento. Yeah. A lot of this was, yeah. When I, when that happened, I was just a regional artist strictly in Sacramento. And, uh, you know, it was like, it was a different game at that time. I wasn't nearly as experienced as I am now. Yeah. How and, old were you at that time? Oh, yeah. I was I was in my early twenties. Oh shit! When you're in your yeah. early twenties, you're like you're driven by your like fucking you, like you're just a different human being. As right. your twenties are like such an insane whirlwind. Right. In, in my in my I'm in my third my early thirties, mm -hmm. and like I look back at my twenties like what the fuck just happened? Like that right. was crazy. And like you're driven by. <sighs> you're driven by your balls, you know, like you're just <laughs> like, and you're fucking, and you don't give a fuck. You, you like, you don't care. Like you're, you're young. You think this is it forever. And sure. I mean, even if you don't, even if you realize that, you know, I know my, I'm, you know, I'm going to die, but no, n never, you know, still like there, like mortality doesn't mean shit. And you're just sort of, and so there's, oh man, you're just sort of living by, the cuff i don't know like so i i can I'm, I'm trying to just imagine like what it would be like to be a young man who would be mm -hmm. approached by mm -hmm. like and dangling money dangling this like you know fame and like everything that you you know that you think you wanted and or you know i i don't know what you wanted at the time but i'm sure lots of money uh sounds great as yeah. a young man you know and yeah. fame and all that shit so that that's intense man so so you walked away from it and then you just sort of kept pushing in Sacramento and like how did that Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um at that point and then I started touring around that time a little bit with this band called Zug. Zug is actually still active. And uh that was the first time I got out of state. We started traveling to Oregon and stuff and uh and then around shortly after I made my first trip out to Vegas, that's where I got a taste of like oh, like there's other levels to this. Like no one had ever flown me out somewhere. Like I got <laughs> Like, they flew me and my DJ out, and they put us up in a hotel. Now, after a while, you realize that's what's supposed to happen. But since that doesn't happen to most artists, like, most of us are given, like, the bare minimum, you know, you fend for yourself. You're usually sleeping on floors or couches, or you have to get your own hotel. And then, like, you, there's no guarantee most of the time or... You know, if there is, it's not always like, I've, I've had awesome deals. I'm not going to act like the music industry completely sucks. I have greatly benefited from music, and it has definitely changed my life in one of the most positive ways. But the majority of the time, it's not ideal at all. So f to have this, like, new level of opportunity open was like, 
okay, so this is what's supposed to be going on. But that's also where I got a brush with like. Oh, shit. You froze on me, buddy. Can you hear me? Um, You can't answer because you're frozen. Ah, damn it. He froze. Okay. I'm going to try calling Rasar back. Oh, are you there? I can hear you. Oh, could you hear everything I just said? Yes. Awesome. Okay. So, sorry you froze. On, uh, repeat everything you just said. <laughs> Please. Yeah, man. I think... Um, you were talking about Vegas and like how you saw a different thing and you greatly benefited yeah no i mean yeah that's the gist of it i think that um there's there's so many weird things in this industry and there's so many levels and when you when you get to walk in certain circles and you start talking we start hanging out with millionaires not that i do that all the time but i have (laughs) yeah and like when you start hanging out with millionaires or just people who are extremely wealthy you just realize they have different concerns and it has nothing to do with what most of us think about. And you would imagine that, but like they just in the, in the industry, they don't think of it that like, it's so weird. It's hard to explain. Like you can get away with almost anything. And now like, especially moving to Vegas and being a part of the show I was involved with, this is fast forwarding a few years, but Mm -hmm. like seeing like the bright lights and all like the, the money flowing and all that stuff allowed me to see like people think that like rich people are just always trying to like hold down poor people and i think i think there's some that do that but they're not even thinking about everyone else like it literally doesn't cross their mind like they're in such a different realm like you just you just go on trips for no reason or you just like you just drop like 10k just because you can or you just you just build stuff and so that's that's the level of like I can understand why there's so many pet projects and you wonder why certain people blow up. It's because there's some somebody who just bankrolled it and they can afford to lose like ten million dollars. It doesn't matter. And like that's what it like it, it can jade you, but it can also inspire you because it what it does is like even walking them office, I'm getting away with like I'm mocking the industry and people love it. In fact the people that like it the most are the people who do it. I've got to meet really cool people because I, I like exposed their game and they're like, Oh, you get it. Come hang out with me. (laughs) Walk into my office. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's, it's crazy, man. But you know, people, I guess, I mean, I could dwell on this song all day, but like, there's just like so much name dropping, which I'm not like inherently against, but when it's used as a manipulative tactic, that's where it becomes problematic. But like so much like, name dropping and um i guess also uh just always trying to get you to strip down what you've got i've always because i always like to speak about what matters to me i've always had but i'm i'm funny at times and so it's like if you could just if you could just do this you could just tone it down if you could just uh you know and it it doesn't really help Whatever you just gotta do, whatever feels right to you. And for me, toning it down doesn't mean being cleaner because one of the things that hasn't really been spoken about this album is I don't cuss in my music. I don't. If you that's, you could play this for your five-year-old kid or your eighty-year-old grandmother, it doesn't matter. Like, but for me, I've always offended people not with profanity, but like you said, it weirded people out. Right. You know, like you said, it weirded people out in san diego when they saw walking in my office 
well, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was visual. I mean, you could visually see it. It wasn't just like yeah. a vibe through the room. Like you could visually see people's uh, uh, like eyes being diverted. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like looking at each other. Like what the fuck just happened to me? You know, and like but, truth, but that's, stranger than fiction. Oh my god! And but like you know, I I champion that shit. It's like people need to question how they're feeling. Because some people go all day without even thinking about mm. it, and they're just yeah. reacting, you know? People just, I'm just going to react to this and just go and not even think about what that might do to someone else. And so when music or art can make people do that, I think that I think that's a, one of the biggest things, you know? That's one of the main points of art is people to question their how they're feeling or where they're at in life or... Yeah. Or just to be pretty, you know, like you know, it's just to be pretty. <laughs> just to be pretty, like it, it, it doesn't. Anyways, I, that, I that, would say one thing that that song does it for. Ever since I started doing it with the band, that's the only reason that I am compared to Frank Zappa. <laughs> like that's hilarious, Frank Zappa. When I don't do that song, for first time somebody said that, like was like 2011. This guy, he was like, yeah, you know, you're uh like what you did up there uh, you know i don't usually listen to hip-hop i always get that yeah i always get that like i'm the exception i don't, <laughs> I don't uh, usually listen to rapper I, I don't know what to call it what, do you, what is it like a uh, rapper or, or hip-hop or it's like a poet i don't know <laughs> uh but uh anybody ever tell you huh, it's like a it's like a like a hip-hop frank zappa <laughs> now, and, go ahead well i was gonna say it's it's an honor, though. I love Frank Zappa, okay. but I will, I will clarify. I did not make this song attempting to be like Frank Zappa. I didn't even. I knew who he was, but I couldn't name you one song. And like, I I read some of his quotes, but I didn't even know what he looked like. So it wasn't like I'm gonna make a Zappa like song. It's yeah. like it, I just channeled something that he was about. Yeah, and I think I think that, I mean, like. It seems like it's a very common thing that happens in the in the in this industry, um, mm -hmm. and so I mean, shit. Like other people are gonna write about it. Other people are gonna have experiences, <laughs> you know. So it's like it's just your version of whatever of that experience, and exactly. that's fine. I mean, it's a. I mean, the industry is gross. It's fucking, it's gross. But she said gross. It, but there is some cool shit to it. Like, I, there is. It's not all. It's not all bad. No, it's just, no. I mean, it's it's great. It's great going to other cities, meeting new people. It's great, like meeting. It's it's an, it, it always amazes me. Like, um, like right now I'm in this reggae band that like we're able, we kind of got a thing going on now where we're able to go around California. And there's people nice. like fucking singing along to the songs, and like to me, I I'm just like that's that's amazing. Like that that is the that is the most amazing part of this is like I get to go up here, I get to be welcomed into this community, and then people are like singing along. Like I don't know, like that's just that's crazy. It's it's that's, that's a gift. That's that is, a, that's that is, that is a gift, man. And cherish that, dude. I I love moments like that. Hell yeah, man. So um, let's actually um, let's play that song. Um, we're going to cut to that song, and uh, we'll be right back with Hussar. Pardon me, sir. Might I interest you in a bit of music? Are you any good? Oh, what a terribly preposterous inquiry. I'm so glad that you could join us. 
Take a stroll inside of this castle. I'd like to tell you a fantastic tale written on this blood-stained parchment. So glad that you could stay in my chambers the last 17 months. I'd like to tell you a collection of stories all put into one composite of younglings like yourself who had various creative visions, but they didn't have the resources to manifest them into the real world. Then you had the blood-sucking fat cats who sat on high, and they noticed that they could swoop down and absorb the vital essence and maybe live once again. The sarcophagi were open, and various contracts were written. I'd like to take you on a journey of your own demise. <laughs> Walk into my office, I'll make you a star. Walk into my office, I'll make you a star. Walk into my office, the leak, I like you guys. Walk into the office, ponder in the office Tossed by the bosses, they thought that I'm a novice Although I'm a professional from the jump, I'ma let you know My philosophy is integrity over decimals So I sit down, listen to these clowns Barking about how they can give me the proper sound Listen, here's the idea, Mr. Abilities Why not shuck and jive? I witness your agility A flexible specimen, better than the rest of them Matter of fact, at times you remind me of Malcolm X and them That's the problem, you should loosen up a bit Instead of politics, talk about copping bricks How you pop a boo-boo Becky, could you get the phone? The wife and kids call me on the job. It's like my second home. Anyway, it's all inside the contract. Sign the dotted line in a couple days. We'll call you back. Walk into my office. I'll make you a star. Walk into my office. I'll make you a star. Walk into my office. I'll make you a star. I don't like your ethnic name, Rossar. Walk into my office. I'll make you a star. Walk into my office. I'll make you a star. Walk into my office. Get down on your knees. Of course I'm appalled by the nonsense Found it rather amusing long as I kept my conscience The subconscious mind is like a young child These awful propositions got my thoughts running wild Now I'm sedated by the fakeness, I hate this Call me Antoine as I look into their faces They raping everybody out here Now clear visions of this innocent industry oh, begin to oh, appear oh. Hey buddy, I'm your friend, you can trust me I know blacks have had a bad past of record companies You had Chuck Berry, we met Elvis Presley Don't expect us to give any credit to Bessie Smith That's the gift of our corporate structure We try to top the Jackson 5 for the Osmonds Buck up! New kids on the block is new addition Washed through the process of our twisted little system Walk into my office, I'll make you a star Walk into my office, I'll make you a star Walk into my office, I'll make you a star I don't like your ethnic name, Rossar Walk into my office, I'll make you a star Walk into my office, I'll make you a star Walk into my office, get down on your knees I am the one who owns the rights to your soul Make a hit for me and you'll be under my control Are you ready to do-side-do on the dark side? Because we're about to plunge you Listen, kiddies. And I will offer unto you the dreams you've always wanted. If you could only see the blessed evil I can do. Anoint my tongue with drops of blood, your soul belongs to me. Escape from hell? Impossible! There'll be no breaking free. My life depends upon the doom within your mind. I shall feast upon the folly of all mankind. I know no god before myself, the stench of greed and wealth. I welcome in my chamber the foolish cry for help.
second set of eyelids and roll back my tongue. Excuse me as I exfoliate these scales. Look, never mind what I just said. It's already written in the fine print and you don't have an entertainment attorney so you don't read the fine print. Becky's at the front desk. She's got plenty of parsnips and ginger snaps for you. We'll put you on a private island and name it after you and do a whole bunch of things to blow your ego out of proportion so that you'll continue to do our bidding. Make mindless, repetitive music so you can fit into our top 40 mold that has nothing to do with your soul. Thank you so much for listening to us. We'll see you on the other side. My precious. So that's one version of it. What a ride, huh? What a ride. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Zippity doodah. <laughs> Zippity doodah. <laughs> um, yeah. Since we're talking about songs off the new album, Dem- uh, Democracy Manifest, which is out now, you can get. Are you, are you doing the iTunes release and all that? Yeah. You know, it took a little bit more time for that mm-hmm. digital aspect, but it is it is digitally available on Bandcamp. Bandcamp. So if, if people just Google. You know, just put in the leak L I Q U E Bandcamp. It'll come up. Yep, that's how I find it. That's <laughs> yeah. it. that's how I do it. So uh, CD Baby too now. So if they okay. want to order the CDs, just are, yeah. Are you guys doing um hard like hard releases too, like CDs? Yeah. Are you? Yeah, uh, we already sold. We already sold some CDs for sure. Oh, nice. Uh, did you have? Are you guys uh, thinking about vinyl at all? We have thought about that, yeah, and it's people have been asking for that. It's fucking expensive. Just, yes, it is. That's 100% true. <laughs> it is ridiculous, the amount of shit you have to do. Well, it's not that ridiculous, but it's a it's enough ridiculousness not to do it and not to do it at all, so fuck it. But in any case, right. I, I like vinyl. I'm sure. Uh, I actually had a question about Did you guys record this at uh, 100, what is it, 110th or 111th Street Records? or Is that where you guys recorded the real Thank album? you. Thank you for asking because knowing I would like to talk about the personnel of this album. Yeah, please and do. No I mean, one's like, really it's beautifully asked produced. about Well, okay, so a little bit about my show. I know I didn't really tell you anything, but it's laid back and chill. Uh, it's coming from a musician's perspective, so I do dig into like gear with people who are familiar with it. I dig into like production, I dig into like mics, like what kind of mic configurations do you have? Um, who's involved, who produced, who engineered, what was the board like? Because that's interesting to me. But in any case, you don't have to go there. Um, But yes, please tell me about the recording and who's involved. 
Well, I'll tell you, man. And we're going to swing back to another song I wanted to talk about. One uh, song in particular. But, yeah, please. Uh, yeah, I'll answer the question. All right, so it was, it, they call it National Southwestern Recording, which is in the back of 11th Street Records, which is a primarily vinyl record store. It's the, like, I stop it, there every time I go to Vegas. That's, that's yeah. my shit. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the place. And, uh, you know, Ronald Corso owns that. And he welcomed us in. He, he saw something in us before kind of like almost indirectly owe him like the we don't owe him anything we paid for it but i'm saying like uh, figuratively speaking right he kind of was a part of the impetus to actually create an album because he was like he he saw us like early on around the time we played that first show with you mm. and we only had like three or four original songs and he called me in there and we just sat down and powwowed out over the summer and he was like yeah man so what's what's up with you guys like what are you guys trying to do and, uh he's like man you got recording albums like i don't know dude we're kind of writing songs like man if you're ever trying to record you should come through here and, and then i was like yeah and then like he kind of like courted us for several months and then we played life is beautiful and then we uh, had the after if for those of you who don't know life is beautiful is an amazing festival like last year the headliners were imagine dragons stevie wonder and kendrick lamar so we were fortunate enough to play that we're playing this year too nice. and uh that's gonna have j cole mumford and sons lumineers allison chains is gonna be there <laughs> uh kamasi washington i know we're wow. talking about studio but kamasi oh, uh, kamasi's amazing yeah i love that dude and um so anyway, there's t tons of people, you know, and um, so anyway, we were doing an after party and we recorded and that's what like our, our most popular video right now is one reason which we recorded at 11th Street and the place you see us recording is where we actually laid down our album. That's exact same room. We recorded in an open, in an open room, we recorded everything live as one, except for well, the band, I would lay down my vocals later, but even, I even rapped with them so they could keep the pace you know and like so they get like some of the dips that i do but uh i re i retract all my parts but um anyway uh it was actually mostly recorded by mike weller mike weller is in a band called rusty maples and rusty maples has been making noise in vegas for a while so um it was mostly recorded by ronald corso and mike weller and uh we did it between november we started november 15th 2015 and our last official date was like sometime in January. And so it literally took another six months to release the album just due to politics that ended up happening and uh, too many chefs in the huh. kitchen. Yeah. And not even necessarily us. We just like had, you know, we've, be, we've been getting popular. I'm not going to front. We've been getting <laughs> hot. And a lot of people have wanted to latch on. Yeah. And we've gotten some great help. But it's it's it got a little confusing along the way when we had too much going on, and um, we wanted to do it right and have the momentum. And then we had like this Sayers Club residency, and we started touring, and, and it was just like we got to do it right. And then like you know we just it was like oh this isn't right. We can't do this till that. But we were ready to release it months ago. But oh. anyway, <laughs> uh, we're really glad it's out now. But uh, so we recorded there. And then we actually had it exported. Uh, the producer on the album is, uh, is noted as uh, Jason Tanzer. And he was just more like very instrumental in um, 
like working on us, like just as producing more overall, like just the act in general, like our live show, like he kind of sat in on some intensive rehearsals and stuff and kind of helped elevate our game there and uh, added some perspective on some things and connected us to some people. Uh, ultimately, I'm, I'm sorry, can I stop you? What, like, what, what, and like, you said he was sitting in on rehearsals. Like, what are some of the suggestions that he sort of that stuck and you guys implemented? Well, I mean, just like bringing out the background vocalists. Like, now, like, the guys actually sing. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a song, like, you know, we're not necessarily singers, but we do have. We have voices and, and there's parts we already kind of harmonize and stuff like jokingly on walking in my office, but like to more legitimately accept uh, everyone vocalizing and not just me and kind of uh, Jason, my keyboard player, he was already starting to do backups, but like, you know, really encouraging, like, yeah, learn his parts or um, just everything from posture, things that like, it's, it's just like having a your greatest, your favorite singer has a vocal coach. Your favorite basketball player, like even my friend Cameron was telling me that Kobe was taking foot footwork lessons from Hakeem even towards the end of his career. So it's like you're the, any expert, if you really want to be excellent, you need to humble yourself enough to realize that you need to refine your craft. And, and there's someone who understands it in a different way. So he had a perspective in terms of just like um, – getting us to play together as a band more. I think what you had was a lot of talented musicians that liked each other and had chemistry, but he kind of helped like smooth it out or just show us like where we fit together better. And so um, listed as the producer on the album, more so produced like our, like our live show and like our, con- our, the way we conceptualize what we do, but he connected us to Dan Broadbeck, who uh, Dan Broadbeck is not getting enough credit about this. Dan Broadbeck is the real superstar of this album. He engineered, excuse me, he mixed and mastered this album, and I guarantee you the album would not sound even half as good as it does. He is like the sixth member of this group. Like, Dan Broadbeck is in Canada, so I've never met this guy. <laughs> He's way out of our league. Like, I would have, I didn't even know who he was. Like, He's way out of our league. He, this dude is a Juno award-winning artist. He just won, like, he won Engineer of the Year, like, in 2010. And for anybody, I, you know, I don't follow Canadian music heavy, heavy, except for, like, Chaos, maybe. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, the Juno was, like, their Grammy. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this dude is, like, a Canadian Grammy award winner, if you will, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, like... But aside from that, it's like he worked with a, I, I can never say her name, but the singer from the Cranberries. Like he did like a whole album with her. Okay, I know who you're talking about. I don't know her name either, but I always it's want... It's hard to say. I don't know her name. It don't it's matter. Like, it's like, oh, something. I can't But But like the point is like this dude, and he's like an amazing guitarist and just an awesome dude. And he just got over like back surgery and he did it like on two weeks notice. Like the guy's just a rock star. He, and he made us sound, we heard so many things, so many things that people are hearing, we did not hear. And there was multiple mixes of this album. And that's something that Jason Tanzer was involved with where he shot down literally like 10 mixes. And we <laughs> went through like three or four people. We had people in mind. And so that's also what took so long. We went through so many different mixes. Yeah, that's, that is the most frustrating. As someone who does mixing and mastering, that shit is very frustrating. Um, and takes a lot of patience, man, because like you're like 
<clears throat> especially when you're creating an album, you're sitting there like, wait a second, why is that guitar fucking just barreling out the left side? Yes. I, I wanted that shit middle left. Why is yes. it all pan hard left and blaring? Yeah. And it has, what, what is that effect? Why is there a flange on my guitar? That's not how my guitar is. Yes. I've been through yes. it several times, and I, I know what you're saying. Like <clears throat> That takes weeks, months. The yes. months it, for you guys it took you months because yes. you guys are trying to do something correctly and and yeah. so so was he the so there was different mixer uh mixing engineers and different uh involved there in the so many there was we went through because people well first <clears throat> we were starting to do it at 11th street and you know they did a great job recording but um just we were looking for a different feel mm. you know we, were, we just we just were looking for a different feel and so, you know, we did that, <clears throat> and then we had some hip-hop cats in mind, so we went to them, and they do great work as well, but they don't do live bands as yeah. much, and so there's still certain, and we're, like, not a straight-up hip, like, we're hip-hop, but, like, we're a jazz band, but we're, and we're a funk band, it's like, we kind of hit so many genres, like, you gotta kind of produce it almost like a... It's gotta like it's gotta hit like hip hop. It's gotta be smooth like jazz, but you gotta like have enough like arena, like wide soundscape, like it's a rock right. album almost. And so you gotta know all that. Yeah. And so sure enough, you know, Tanzer was the one that knew he was always about Dan. But there was another guy named Caleb Dolgeal who put who did several mixes and so there was like so many people had their hands on this record before it came out. And uh, Dan was perfect for it, although everyone else pr brought their level to it. Dan was just, I couldn't imagine it being any other way. Yeah, that's, um, that's awesome. That, and, and it does sound beautiful, man. It sounds huge. Yeah. It sounds exactly what you're saying. It has that, uh, what is that, Billy's Holiday? Like a very yeah. like jazzy, laid-back tune. And, mm -hmm. and it, it sounds just, it sound, it's there. You're there. Yeah. And, uh, Thank you. Um, just just because I'm a dork, uh, Dolores O'Riordan, O'Riordan, O'Riordan yes. yes. is yes. the singer yes. from the Cranberries. No, I'm glad you put that on record. <laughs> we gotta put, gotta give her credit. Yeah, it would have irked me too. I'd have been like, "What's her name?" But but yeah, I can't pronounce her name either. Yeah. <laughs> so that it sounds like it sounds like it, it was a struggle, but in the end, it worked out. Um, hey, just. Much like the title, Democracy Manifest, you know, like we, you know, uh, we struggle for whatever we think democracy might be. And there's, democracy has always come out of a history of struggle and it continues to be so. But whatever it is, it's working to an extent. And that's kind of what our album is. It's like we didn't we didn't put out everything that we want we already have a bunch of new material we wanted and there were fights and arguments and and confusion and delays but ultimately it's still beautiful and just like the concept of democracy it may not be we may not be living up to the ideal as a society but we're still better off than we could be yes. and that's kind of the approach we took to the album yes i mean we could be losing like thousands of children because we don't have clean water yeah. every fucking yeah. day yeah so um yeah yeah That's when true. people when people shit on america like americans shit on america it's like yeah, yeah i get it we're not the greatest yeah one of our front runners is a piece of shit you know <laughs> racist dirtbag <Right>. but <laughs> you know 
I'm much happier being able to drink the water out of my tap than, you know, being afraid to drink water out of a dirty river or well and have my... Well, yeah, you're lucky you don't live in Flint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's part of where... uh, That's that's close to my hometown, Flint, Michigan. That's my stomping grounds is that whole section of America over there. So, yeah, exactly. Flint, Michigan, which we conveniently forgot all about. Yes, yes. (laughs) And I just... Actually, I just talked to my buddy last night. He called me drunkenly in the middle of the night and... um, he just caught me on a good day because I was asleep, and he was telling me he's like, "Dude, you still like people still can't drink water up there." I'm like, "Holy shit! I didn't realize that it still was just a complete mess." And wow. plus, Michigan is the only state that lost money on medical marijuana. Like that's <clears throat> insane. How does that fucking happen? Like it's <laughs> it's weed. It grows out of the ground. You sell it. It's like it's not fuck. They lost money. Like, how do you fucking lose revenue on that? Like, Washington, Colorado legalized, or there's a lot of legalized. They're, like, rolling in money. But somehow Michigan, that's how fucked up it is there, that they can't even make money off selling drugs. Oh, dang. Yeah, that's a a heavy game. (laughs) In any case, um... You got you got some heavy hitters in your band, man. You got it seems like they're all pretty proficient in jazz and um mm-hmm. is that sort of all their backgrounds is sort of jazz cats? Oh yeah. Well, except for one, but yeah. Overall, they all went to UNLV. They all are, were in the music program, mostly jazz. But Jason, who was the last edition, it's interesting because he was the game changer. So, of course, he would be the one cat that's not a jazz cat. Like Really? He's, you know, he's down with jazz, but he's actually, and he'll tell you himself, he's classically trained. He's a classical pianist. Yeah. And, you know, it makes sense. You Like, the insane solos that he takes is, like, when he you really see, like, oh, he's doing some other stuff. And he's, he's more like, you know, he's more likely to do, like, some Chopin or something like that or, like, some Beethoven or something than he would some, you know, Somebody, somebody in jazz or something like that. Art Tatum so or something like a piano player who's just exactly. Weird. But like he takes that solo. Is it the? Sorry, I've been listening to the album in prep a lot. I, I, it's been in my rotation. But like since we, I've been prepping for this discussion. I've been just sort of like playing it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, what song is it? He takes a solo. Is it the the? No, that's a trumpet solo. De, it's not demo, democracy. Democracy manifest. Which is the other song I wanted to talk about and play, but yeah. uh, I did notice it's like, man, he has some chops, some jazz chops, but it's not like it, it's not approached like a jazz player would play a jazz right. bass solo. Right. Uh, so it's so it was interesting. I was like, what is going on with this guy? But yeah, like, I remember. Yeah, and that that makes a lot of sense that he's like very classically trained, and maybe and in classical music, improv isn't really part of the game. Right, improv right. is very far from the game. But. Yeah, no, he's 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 amazing, and you know all these guys are. I'm I'm huge fans of them. They're all in demand. I mean, I just watched my guitar player play with the lady. There's a lady out here named Delaney Groberg, and she sings all around town and. You know, he's in that. All these guys are in multiple bands. Yeah. And so Nick Schmidt, the up, you know, the guy who plays upright bass, although he played electric on the suits, but everything else he played upright bass. And um, he uh, he's like one of the most – he's probably the most in-demand bass player in Las Vegas, actually. And, like, I'm telling you, like, if he's not rehearsing, he's doing a gig 
or he's like writing out charts or he's like driving to a photo shoot or, or a recording session like this guy works yeah. all the time like he's always working he's like one of the most in demand but you know everybody you know sean carbone ridiculous guitar player uh jeremy Kluwick, the amazing drummer and just just a comedic genius <laughs> and, and he he actually is the one that came up with democracy manifest that was his song and we almost didn't even use it and it's like at the time, it was the only song he had presented, and he he, he writes he writes music too. Uh, he's yeah, everybody contributed a song, including me. Like from the frequency, I came up with the idea for like the bass and drums and all that stuff. Do you uh, do you play at all, or are you just I, not proficiently? Like right, right. And I'm not being humble here. I literally can't play anything. Like <laughs> I couldn't read. Like I could read. I used to be able to read, but like what I could do is, I could play like Lean on Me. Yeah. Okay. You know, I could do very basic stuff, but I can't like, hey man, play the C chord or what? I, <laughs> I can't do anything like that. But but these guys, um, everyone brought a song to the table, I believe, or they wrote significant parts. Everyone's involved in the process of the music. Nice. Yeah, I was. That was another thing I was gonna ask you. Your writing process. So you guys all contribute. You have riffs, and then you kind of build off of those and start organizing from there. Right. And two of the songs were previously from my catalog, "Walking to My Office," and then one reason was on my solo. Um, one reason was on my solo project from 2013 called "The Dream Is Over," and uh, it was the most popular song at that time on that project, and it's actually produced by a Romanian cat who lives in the UK who went by the name 40. Uh, and he's very reclusive. Like we talk like once every 10 months and <laughs> he sent me that beat. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he disappears, man. But he sent me a bunch of grimy beats and like, I loved that one. I recorded it. And then, so when we came together as the, well, before we were even called the leap, we just came together and, that was like the one song I had I knew that they could learn and they just turned it into something else. It didn't have all that stuff. There was no guitar solo and all the other nasty stuff they put on it. So Are now do you um when you're writing like a a rap or mm -hmm. a rhyme or whatever, however you wanna say it, when you're writing lyrics, um, do you are you one of those people who like painstakingly like line by word by word sentence by sentence and works on it for like like a week or a month or a year are you someone who is just like can just you just shit it all out at once and then like go back and edit and then you got gold because you're uh, you're obviously a very talented uh lyricist and i fucking so i i was just curious in how you come up or how what what's your strategy in writing um, well, I have so many different writing styles. Mm. In some circles, I'm known for, like, just being the fastest writer. Like, I can write a verse, like, in 20 minutes. <laughs> but sometimes 15. But with this, with this band, because also, you know, you have to be very economical. And, you know, you know, I'm from hip-hop where, you know, you drop, like, 15, 20 tracks. Yeah. But it was the band, you know, yeah. usually going to do, like, much less. And so... I had to really pick my spots and actually I wrote shorter verses. I wrote less verses. Most like, 
it was somewhat intentional, but also just me getting back into writing. Most verses only have, most songs only have two verses because I really feel myself as another instrument. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't feel the need to carry the song as much as I used to, like if it's just my track. But anyway, the writing process. Um, these songs are definitely painstakingly written because there's so many codes in this album. And I really mean that. Like there are so many treats and references. I guarantee if people are listening to this a decade from now, it's gonna, like certain things are only gonna click for them then. I left, I mean, they left, musically, they left some references I caught too, but like, I'll tell you lyrically, there's things that I put in there that's like, I didn't even know. Like I had to research some things. <laughs> nice. And, you know, I had to fact check. Yeah. That was the thing. Um, uh, like, the, usually I'll write, like, the first two verses in one sitting. And if there is a third verse, like, there's a third verse of the frequency that didn't make the album because we put Zion Eye on the album. Ah. But but I recorded a third verse. So, like, that might come later. But, like, um, like for instance, Billy's Holiday is so intricate. And I can give away this secret. I mean, some people pick up on it is that. The entire song is based around Billie Holiday songs. Okay. Both verses. I list. I, I forgot the count, but I think I listed like 21 songs or something. Oh, nice. and maybe more. And literally, I, I'm telling the story. It's about traveling, and it's loosely following a character named Billie. Okay. So it's not necessarily about Billie Holiday. Right. But it's like, but it's about me, but it's really more about, here's the thing. I used my experience, and so I spoke in first person. So I was talking about my traveling experiences, but as I kept going, I imagined it being a woman named Billy, and like in, inspired, like kind of like Billy's holiday, and like in the video we're about to do a video, and it's gonna show that we're oh, not even cool. gonna be in it, and like it's gonna just follow a woman named Billy, and uh, she's just it's gonna be about her journey, and people will get to see like because I've been traveling so much in the last three years. Um, those I, just traveling does something. So actually, I wrote the second verse. I made a point to wait until I was traveling again. I wrote it on the bus just so I could pick up that vibe. So like, I do wait for the moments, and I also had to like Google a ton of Billy Holiday. Ah, <laughs> oh, you froze on me, bud. We'll give it a couple seconds. You can probably hear me. See what happens. I might have to call him back. It always happens at the best part of stories. Ah, yeah. We'll probably have to call back. All right. Let me see. I'm going to call him. Hopefully, he doesn't try calling me. Greetings. Hey, hey. Sorry hey, about yes. that. I, I was just saying, like, it always happens at, like, the good part of the story. You start Googling yeah. Billy Holiday. Oh, no. You got most of it, man. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was just saying, I wrote down probably about 40... 40 plus Billie Holiday songs and I had to pick what actually fits. So that was the crazy thing. I didn't have the story. It's loosely a story, mm. but um, it's kind of like me and this fictitious character named Billie. Um, but also there's something I like to say about that song that I haven't addressed is that it's an homage. It's an homage, of course, to Billie Holiday and the concept of travel, which is very important to me. But also there's a refrain. I, I had never, and the first time, the first time the guys ever heard my verses was in San Diego because I had just written it and I hadn't memorized it. So a lot of times we just jam, but they don't get to hear my words. So like 
that's where we started this practice of like we will listen to him a cappella at least once. And so first time I did the Billy Holiday's verses was at Caleb's house in San Diego. And um, there's this line I say at the end, and it's an homage to this woman who's an ancestor now. Her name is Mother Ruby. And Mother Ruby is a lady that I was fortunate enough to meet uh, about 12 years ago. And she's one of the oldest living people on the planet. Like she died reportedly. Her age varies, but like she was as old as 113 or she was like 105 or something. But, it, you know, it, they lose record. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. When I met her, she was reported to be like 107. So I met this woman and mom had like been on a retreat with her and she's she she got all healthy and she like became like a vegetarian like at 89 and she just like lived this crazy wild life and like just just a beautiful woman and uh so at the end of at the end of both verses i say this here's for lady day i throw my jazz on and groove till i fade away well that line i throw my jazz on and groove is is from a mother ruby interview so you know, when people get old, they say, this is the oldest person. So I found an interview of her and she was on a news station and they wanted to know what's her daily life like. And in this, my favorite quote from it was, they're like, well, what do you do? And she was talking about how like she like every day she gets up, you know, and she, she was telling about her day. And, and they're like, really, that's it? And she's like, um, she said something about exercising and she was like, you know, I throw on my, he said, I throw on my jazz and I dance, baby. <laughs> and you know, and that, that like always stuck with me. Like that's her remedy for living yeah. a happy old life. Wow. And like, so that, the reason why I say it twice is because I, I want some stamp of Mother Ruby to exist because it's very hard to find interviews of her. But that line, I throw my jazz on and groove till I fade away is me showing my love for her that that's how she went out she's like i'm going out on some jazz you know yeah i'm going out dancing baby that's, yeah that's time, dude. That is so yeah cool. <laughs> man that that i mean so there it is folks the secret to longevity throw on your jazz and just dance yeah just that's all it. that's just all you need do it up <laughs> yeah. um well since we're talking about it, let's listen to billy's holiday boom Too, too marvelous for words Took a train up the coast to observe 24 hours a day the world spins Soon as ours ends somewhere else it begins Traveling light but my heart feels heavy Maybe taking a trip will get my soul ready For the summertime when I got a lot of my mind Close to the ocean this common divine Something about motion balances my psychology Sedentary living is sentimental and melancholy Lady on a plane told me don't explain I recognize your energy don't need to know your name Strange fruit hangs high real soul can't die yesterday's crumbs make american pie love me or leave me i'm here to stay i throw my jazz on and groove till i fade away billy's holiday
Billy's Holiday. Didn't know what time it was That old devil called love Slow me down again It wouldn't budge That's life I guess Hold on and God bless The child has got his own Every day there's a test Back on the road I left what ain't right And wonder why was I born Or what a little moonlight Could do to you And hey, yo my lady sings the blues Cause she's still too far away To break through Them their rise It's all I wanna see Trapped in our identity So let's get free Together baby won't you Please keep me in your dreams Strong individually But better as a team Don't worry about me Cause I'll be seeing you I've got love to keep me warm When I'm chilling in my solitude This here's for Lady Day I throw my jazz on and groove Till I fade away Billy's Holiday Billy's Holiday Billy's Thank holiday. You. Um, who's taking the solo on that? There's that's so, Jason. That's Jason. Yeah, that yeah. that's okay. So that's the song that I was referring to when I heard him play, and I'm mm-hmm. like, man, there's something like he has some chops. I'm not trying to denigrate his playing. I'm just saying that he has some chops, but there was something. There was a different approach to it uh, of how he oh, no, does that. If any, if anything, you're honoring because he's on some other stuff that's the thing like he's a secret weapon not so secret anymore but yeah yeah because like when we first played with you guys at the bunkhouse saloon um you guys didn't have him there and i don't know if he was a part of the band or if he was just not he wasn't a part of the band then no we were what you saw was the full band at the time okay and then so when you guys came to san diego he was your added your added weapon Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, great weapon too, man. Shit. So, the other song I wanted to talk about was uh was De- De- Democracy Manifest. Yes. Um, and uh I mean they're very uh politically charged lyrics and mm-hmm. I mean it's a beautiful song and just Did you guys have strings in there? Did you guys yes, bring in strings? Yes, we brought in a live string quartet. There was uh we had viola, which was by uh Ramon Philip, who's actually the reason why this band even exists. Because he suggested me to Sean Carbone. Big so we had to get him on. Yeah, thank you so much, Ramon. Um, so, Ramon Phillip, Bobby Yang, who's an amazing violinist, and he actually books these really lucrative private gigs that takes away my band half the year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, Bobby Yang, uh, Catherine Ann Smith, she played, uh, I believe, cello, and then also uh, 
Alexandria or Allie Pritchard, she also played, I believe, uh, cello. So, yeah, it was it was beautiful. That part was written by Sean Carbone. Just the strings alone was like a it was written the week that we recorded it. Like the song was like five or six months old and he just kind of threw in. Oh, how about these strings? And it made the song. How about these strings? Just (laughs) yeah, dude, that's like that's like. Oh man, I get such a boner when I get live strings, get a, get get a chance to be um involved in a live string recording session. It's just so fun. So they all did like so now they were they doing multiple takes and layering or is that just one take or one take of them doing just one pass through? That's what they did. I mean, they did multiple takes, but that's yeah. not as far as I know. That, that's, okay, go ahead. That's the actual take. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, we, so we they definitely were, made a point to like try not to record too much of what we can't perform. Yeah. Yeah. So so does Jason take on the string parts then like on his boards or do you guys just sort of leave that out? No, we just kind of leave it out. That's um, cool. We will do it. There's a few times we're going to do like we got some cool performances coming up. We can't speak about all of them That's but like good. we but we definitely got some things where we eventually we want to utilize strings. Yeah. Uh, well, that's I mean like it when you're talking about a touring band, you know, trying to get their name out there, um, throwing a string section is <laughs> it's crazy. But you know, if you could do it, damn man, that's some fucking that's some shit right there. Yeah. I always love bands. I always love those. Um, I always love those, like you know, those old funk bands, like Cool and the Gang and all those bands. They always had like thirty people at the band. I was like, how the fuck did anybody make money? They, they still do that. What's the? I just saw a video of Tower of Power at yeah. like their fortieth anniversary, and it was like, like you said, like forty people yeah, were on like, stage. It's like a, they have a they have a triangle player just ding ding, just like that's all I'm doing. I'm getting paid right now. Yeah, everybody gonna eat today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's intense. But that's awesome, man. That's fucking no. I I was like, holy shit. And then I think you got a trumpet solo in there too, right? In that song. Yeah. Um, not song? on that song. On that oh. song, we have Julian Tanaka who played saxophone. Saxophone. Okay. Okay. I'm getting Just my songs trumpet on the album. Yeah, uh, which is amazing too because like it totally gives that old vibe of just um. I don't know, like it almost gave me the whatever. I can't think. Of, I don't know the songs by name, but I know like there's a vibe that I get that's like um like noir, like you know old noir films. It just mm-hmm. has that like back alley jazz, like speakeasy, you know, yeah. trying to figure out a murder feel or something. Some detective. Yeah, that's the right vibe. That's the exact vibe we're going for. Tight. Yeah, uh, that song. If you're talking about the song with trumpet, that's Velveteen Dream. Yes, and then, yeah, and, yeah, and I love that little opening line too. Well, not little, mm. but like you know the opening. We're talking about the story of the Velveteen Rabbit and how mm-hmm. we have to look inside for, not to be, uh, not not to find meaning in in other people's approval, but finding meaning in your own. In, within yourself, and right, which is a beautiful right. message. That's a great message, right. which people yeah. should do that. And Appreciate that. You yeah, should no, do we, that, folks. We got we got inspired by that because uh, our first successful show. Well, everything is a success, but like the first show, like our, our second show ever, which was like what really set our buzz off because Cameron was still he he hadn't really been doing too many like come see me shows and then like it was the first time we had charged to pay and like 
you know, when you're first starting out, you're lucky if a few people come out, maybe like, unless you like already have a background and you just are carrying over from another project. None of these guys had an original project before this that was doing it. Well, Nick had something called the dulcet tones, but he didn't really promote it. So like no one was coming to see based off of like who we were from other stuff, you know? Yeah. Like well over a hundred people came out wow. paid to see our first show. And then it was like, oh, okay, so there's something going on here. Yeah. But that happened at this place called the Velveteen Rabbit. Now, none of us, or at least I had never heard of, I didn't know that that was a story. None of us picked up on it. In fact, that was a revelation to us because I remember, and then we booked another show of Velvet. That was our third show. It was also our third official show. You know, we played like six or something like that. But anyway, the point is, when we came back to Velveteen Rabbit, it was even bigger. More people came out. And so in that time, someone posted the section that's most popular from the Velveteen Rabbit. And then, like, Nick, who wrote the song, who came up. Nick wrote a lot of, like, the basis for, like, Batman, Velveteen Dream, Nastiness. He, like, was on fire last year. He came out with, like, six or seven songs. And then uh, everybody built around it. So like that main groove is Nick Schmidt on Velveteen Dream. So we it was originally called Velveteen Blues, which was my idea. So uh, it was supposed to be loosely. And I was gonna actually recite the really popular part from the Velveteen Rabbit. And then I was like, ah, I'm a poet. I could make my own stuff up. And then what you're hearing, I would like to put this on record. I've never said this. What you're hearing is literally the transcribed exact words of what I said when we first jammed it, when I had never written lyrics, I had never heard it. I We do voice memos every time we do like new tracks. So literally, I saved the voice memo from the first time I ever heard it, and I just, I literally was just rambling, but with direction. And everything you hear on the record is exactly what I said the first time off the top of my head. Nice. So there you yeah. go. Well, shit. Yeah. Should we play that song? Uh, why not? All right. All right. We're going to listen to Velveteen Dream, and then we'll be right back. is something that many of us face in an increasingly artificial world where exactly can we find refuge surrounded by clowns and so many different forms of entertainment we find it difficult to connect with our genuine selves as we face our superficial veneers you see much like the Velveteen Rabbit, we seek external confirmation for our own validity, 
hoping that someone will place value into us, instead of recognizing our intrinsic worth. Lost inside of my mind, I can see how I bought into all that they said I should be But I wanted to make a real difference, just listen, this isn't exactly the land of the free Love to complain, things could be worse Shmop that your life, it could be different in a hearse Words you dispersed in the shape, your reality, the energy is everywhere No matter your locality, spirit and flesh, give it our best Even good people didn't pass every test If you strive for perfection, you'll probably fail But at least you will know what this journey entails Soul ain't for sale, I'm a heart at the bargain When I show these hip-hoppers are the authentic artists is Even if I never get another viral video, the people know Sick when I focus the ranges Stick them in your vein Can't explain what I do to a brain Get inside of your stream It's insane What we do to ourselves Put a little petty things Shouldn't even matter Put it simple and plain I've been making changes Since all this one See less strangers But in spite of all my righteousness I'm aware of many dangers So I fell into the well Trying to climb back out How you gonna rise up When you wait down with doubt I wanna be the light Put a shine in your life Keep the love inside your heart Then you really take flight Take flight I wanna be the light, put a shine in your life Keep the love inside your heart, then you really take flight Okay, so I know, uh, I know we're um, we're I I got so many questions that I haven't gotten to, and uh, that's great because it's um, when you don't have to ask a whole bunch of questions, that's when you know that a, a discussion is happening, and you're not well. In any case, in my in what I oh, do, yeah. it's like when when you're when kind of breaking up a little oh, bit. Oh, you too, bud. All right, let's let's see what happens. Oh, can, can can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you? Oh, you stopped. Okay. You good? I can see, but I can hear you now. You're a little glitched out. Uh, let me call you right back. That, that's, that's how I feel about uh, Skype. How are we now? Hello. Good? No? Pretty scratchy. You're kind of moving your head a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I'm doing that. I'm trying to move my head to see if it's moving smoothly. It's much better. It's better now. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 salvageable. But one thing I would like to say about Velveteen Dream, also the the choir that you're there's people going ah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. Now you now you're great. Um, oh, Halsey Harkins, who's an amazing singer. I mean, all of them are, but like she's about to step out as a solo artist. People are really about to see Halsey Harkins. Guarantee she's going to be a name in the Vegas scene and and hopefully beyond. 
So Halsey Harkins, Kelsey Van Such, Gary Fowler, and Cameron Calloway are the people you hear singing. That's Hazen Mayo, who also went to UNLV. Hazen Mayo is on the trumpet solo. Nice. Well, thank you for thank you for spelling that out for us because that's nice to know. And uh, yeah. so okay, so like there's a couple songs that are politically charged, and yes. uh, but especially like democracy i can never say that man of fish democracy yeah this is a video you should check out it's called the, it's called like the best arrest ever or it's called get your hands off my penis Same <laughs> video. <laughs> there's this dude and i forget the dude's name but like this guy is like my spirit animal and there's a video of this it's this dude in australia but he's like hungarian but there's this hungarian australian dude and it looks like it's fake or like it's a Monty Python thing or something. But like this dude, it's a real arrest video. And this guy gives the most eloquent speech. This is the shortened version. And he was like notorious for dying and dashing. Like he <laughs> did it like 54 times. And like he's really being arrested for walking out. And this is where the concept, this is where the album title came from. This is why it's spelled the, the way it is. There's a part where he's being, he's, he's you know resisting the arrest and he's, just mocking the cops and there's a part where he goes gentlemen this is democracy manifest <laughs> gentlemen this is democracy manifest get your hand off my penis gonna jump in here real quick i didn't realize we didn't cut to this song Democ democracy manifest so i'm going to do that and I'm going to do this little segue between that last sample because I don't want the leak to think that I am downplaying the message of this song. I love this song. And um, we're going to play Democracy Manifest. From, From the, the womb, womb of slavery came, came the birth of a nation. Strangled by the umbilical cord of debt. Still the oppressed find no rest. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Yeah. Gentlemen, this is democracy manifest We live in fear of tyranny, many are not impressed By the platitudes delivered with a dismissive attitude Tongue-in-cheek humor's a tumor when you've been going through it Economic disparity represents polarity Between the 1% and the rest of us We can barely see beyond the horizon Eyes have been blinded until we turn off the television And get reminded what it really means to be a family of humanity No matter who they put in the office, system is damaging What are we really doing collectively improving the state of affairs? Don't nobody who's in the Ruling class care, the past most death affects the present. My bloodline doesn't allow me to be the president. Even if it did, I'll be leaving a sinking ship. Titanic tragedies beneath the punchline of politics. Gentlemen, this is oligarchy manifesting. Colonial clock has broken so many questions. Circling the herds of Americans all behind the times. Confederates don't need a flag, it's in the mind. Is it out of line? Or will your boaster doesn't count? Electoral college and lobbyists cast out. 
Less than 10 companies own the major media Revisionist history is slicker than Wikipedia Remember WikiLeaks, the war on terror is costly Proof is in the pudding, but you tripping off of Cosby I spy white lies right in front of mine eyes Two wrongs to make them right, propaganda disguises News gives me the blues when I remember who's in charge Picture is larger than political views Shift your perspective, villains who get elected Only listen to corporate entities with directives On paper, this is a republic that we're living in Theoretically with supreme power prohibiting Any type of monarchy, it's a plutocracy Bipartisan arguments devastate democracy What is anarchy? Not too many know We only need government when we lack self-control Most don't read scrolls or the new Jim Crow Cold trolls get bold when they chilling in the shadows That goes for those sending military drones overseas Killing innocent children inside their homes Never forget FEMA waited five days Katrina blew up in our faces, they ran to the arena most of these candidates similar to laminates limited access to freedom cheesy cabinets melting under pressure unlike the steel beams jfk to tower seven nightmares and real screams So that's like the background of it. But like it became symbolic of our album and also life because we're a very satirical band. But satire is not always necessarily funny, although it can be. Right. So it's like for us, it's the guy is hilarious. But he did commit, although it's not a serious crime, he did commit crimes. Right. It's it's not very serious, but still he that literally happened. But then also he was being arrested, which is serious. Right. And it, so it's like like there were real consequences and like that's like the concept of like the society that we live in to us is like it's a big joke but stuff is actually happening right right it's um yeah i mean to to make light of the absurdity that's going on around us is just us processing the absurdity <laughs> like, yes yeah it's very absurd like, it's very absurd it is what's happening. extremely and like so you talk so um, are you a? Do you feel like you're a politically charged person? Like, do you like, like what? What? How? How are you seeing like today's? Uh, I mean, just for example, fucking how uh, equality is, is being treated. Like, what? What's your views? I know, like, you can listen to that song and get a yeah. good, good, uh, a good idea what you see about it. But uh, just right. from your. Um, from your perspective right now, I know this could be a fucking two-day conversation, but um, uh, what, where, where are you, where are you at right now with what, where we're going right now, and um, I mean specifically equality, I suppose. Equality, it's very like the concept of freedom. It's a very, it's pretty subjective, even though it shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, what is 
In fact, that reminds me of there's this quote that Common put on the Like Water for Chocolate album at the end of uh, a song for Asata. And I'm not even sure, I, it may be Asata Shakur, but there's a part where she's like, you asking me about freedom? You asking me about freedom? And she, and she says, I know you're asking for my view, but this is like deeply resonates with me. And she says, um, well, I can tell you more about what freedom isn't than what it is. And, and she just like goes on to talk about like freedom is like the ability to be who you want to be, love who you want to love, go where you want to go. And like that exists to an extent. It's like, it's like, limitations may apply you know it's like the fine print it's just it's just this underscore like we like will smith said recently like racism isn't new not that you were talking strictly about racism no but equality and i mean you could go i know that was like it's kind of a broad and generic question honestly now that i think about it because um i i guess specifically race yes i mean like equality and race and race race uh gender, gender yeah. you know socioeconomic all that stuff right. you know and so all that thing like i feel that um we're kind of well am i a political person i think in a society like this and it more so in times like this everything becomes political whether or not it's intended to be everything is politicized in a highly volatile time so even like our album, we're not a political band, but all of a sudden, like, you know, we got featured in Afropunk and they turned our song Batman and they were like, there was like a call to action and like they called it like, and I didn't even think of it. I mean, it, I did intend for it to be like uh, observing society, but I didn't, you know, I wrote that song like a year ago. I wasn't thinking of, and people were still getting killed by cops and stuff. Like it wasn't, right. that was on my mind, but like I wasn't thinking about, yeah, like, Batman's the vigilante takes the law into his own hands. So I wasn't even thinking like that, but all of a sudden now, because of what time it is, everything we're saying is hitting a lot harder. So it's like, um, I think that's what happens like when revolutions happen. Not that that one's happening right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if one did happen. Yes. When when social upheaval occurs, the people involved usually don't even, the real grassroots people often aren't even attempting. They're just trying to live their lives. You know, like women getting the right to vote. They weren't necessarily all trying to be political. They just wanted their voice heard and then it became history. Right. And so I think that that's where I stand is like just me being, you know, seen as a black man in America in and of itself. Every day I go out, I walk out and I know that I'm a target and I walk out with a certain concern and I watch the cops very closely whether or not I'm doing something bad. And that's so my existence is political whether or not I want it to be. Um, so it's not anything new. It's just like more like more people are seeing it now. Right. And I've definitely been what you would call a conspiracy theorist for a long time. So many of the things that I felt are just kind of blatantly in people's faces now. Yeah. So now you don't seem so crazy. Right. So I'm like, welcome everybody. Hey. Like this, this yeah. is what yeah. we've been talking about. Well, that's what's. I mean, that's what's great. You know, it, it's horrible to see another person get shot down by a yeah. cop or by anybody. It's horrible to see anybody. But um, 
but now we can see it and i think that's where that's i i I think it is. I, I think we are at a, at a revolutionary point where we are starting, where people are starting to realize, like, holy shit, you know, this is happening. And, but it, it's not just happening. It's it's this shit's been happening for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. And I remember my first. My I'm half Mexican, and I remember my first like real encounter with it was I was at a store throwing a fit about a toy, and my mom. Uh, my mom was just like, shut up because she's Mexican and she don't take that yeah. shit. And she, <laughs> yeah. and, and like this lady came, the one of the clerks came up and was like, where's your mom? Is, is your mom? Cause you know, I don't, I don't look Mexican. I fucking, I look white and that's mm-hmm. whatever. But mm-hmm. it's, she like came up to me and I'm like, that, that's my fucking mom right there. Like she thought that this Mexican woman was trying to take off with this poor little said white kid. So I remember these like first things. Now I'm not going out when I go out and I drive at night. I'm not fucking. I'm not saying like I know the struggle of being uh, a, t- a target. But you know, I see these things, and I, I, it's always been something deep in my consciousness, and and it's always been something that bothered me because you know, it's a good thing. It, it's a horrible thing that we have to see these these things happen in front of us, but it's a great thing because I think it's the next step towards mm-hmm. fixing it. And um, whether or not Donald Trump gets elected president and just makes the whole thing crumble and we have to start from the beginning again, yeah. or it's us actually taking it into our own hands and going out and fucking, you know, I mean, it just starts with us being nice to each other, you know? Like, you don't yeah. have to go out and protest anybody. You don't have to go out and fucking, you know, burn anything down to make a point you just be nice and like just just try to get along with people and and voice your opinion when you see something wrong you know like people people don't uh a lot of times i see a lot of people just letting shit go and and that bothers me you know and i've had that's a part of the program a part of the program is the uh expected knee-jerk and sometimes calculated knee-jerk uh reactions that they know there's always going to be reactionary people it doesn't mean that people shouldn't defend themselves doesn't mean that people shouldn't get militant when it's time but also there is a power of love and peace and joy that combats a lot of that and you know if somebody came to whoop your ass saying i love you may not necessarily help (laughs) no so it's like it's about balance you're absolutely right you you might have to handle yourself right but but also (laughs) you are right it is about being nicer and i've already seen a few situations because you know tensions are high in a lot of different ways and people are coming together more because they need to and uh, I think that we're starting to come together while the division is high I think like the, the, the global family is being forced to look at each other and uh, not just in America but across the world we're being forced to realize you know your loss is my loss and we are we are one and sometimes it's harder for some people in different situations, but ultimately, like, we got this new song called, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Okay, there's this new song called I Am, and it's going to be, uh, we already got a follow-up EP on the way. And we've been doing it on tour, yeah, and so we've been doing it on tour, and every time we do it, we did it the week of all the shootings that were publicized, so, like, I wrote the song, well, I wrote the lyrics like three, four months ago. We've been doing a song since like May, but like we hit the road in July and then we hit the road. We did some of our biggest shows the week that, you know, Homeboy got shot in the car and then the, the guy, the rapper got shot in front of the uh, 
in Baton Rouge. Yeah. But then also then the cops got shot and then all this other stuff in Dallas. So like it was a heavy, emotionally draining week. I didn't even look at all that stuff. I just knew it happened. Yeah. But everybody else was like into it. And so when we did that, it healed so many people. And I've noticed like so many people, like people have come up to us in Reno. A lady was in tears and thanked us. People have been like hugging us more, men and women. People just like coming together and just like kind of pouring their hearts out to us. And I think a lot of people, every time I kind of do like this like speech in the middle of the song. And it's like I'm channeling everyone's confusion and energy. And everyone like has this knowing reaction when I say, we don't know what's going on. It's crazy. And it's like, yeah, like finally somebody said it. And I think that like, but we we, we go back to affirming what we want to see. And that's what we're going to progress after Democracy Manifest is like, this song is I, the I am is like understanding the power of that statement. Any t- whatever follows after that, it's, 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 you know, you're, cementing that into the ether like you literally push that into your energetic wave so when you say i am something you have to be careful about what follows so on that course i say i am love i am peace i am joy and then we have the whole crowd yell i am love i am peace i am joy and i've noticed more people just feeling like way more like embraced in like like a family at our shows and i think that's what people need more is to be reminded because a lot of people are lonely and feeling isolated and they it's hard to feel like someone cares or understands and so yes violence is on the uprise there is more god damn it you froze man <laughs> oh technology you son of a bitch not you, Rasar, if you heard me say that. I'm talking about Skype. Yeah. Fuck, dude. God damn it. I just wish he was right here, like, so we could just talk. Oh, we got to make that happen. We're going to make Rasar come back. He has to come back. SD needs Rasar. See what happens. I don't know what happened. His phone might have died or something. Or his computer. It's beeping. It's going beep. Can you hear it go pew, pew. Oh, he's calling me. Shit. Damn it. So we called each other. That's the problem. I have my phone here, and he called me. So I'm going to try calling him back one more time. There we go. I think, hey. you, I think you were calling me, and I was calling you. The type thing happened. Okay. <laughs> anyways sorry about that god it's just been happening right at these like great moments where you're about to make these awesome points and then throws us off i can hear you but i can't see you but i can oh. hear you bill oh okay um oh my shit's on okay so you can't see me no damn it uh, well, i can hear you i can hear you pretty clearly okay so maybe you just need to find a button or something <laughs> <laughs> all right let me see no buttons. It looks like my shit. Let me turn it on and turn it off. And there. Hey, bada bing. Boom. There we are. Anyways, you were saying. So anyway, yeah, to close it out about that thought, the chorus goes, I am love, I am peace, I am joy. And now that people are saying that, people and people are posting fan videos of it more than any other song, and it's not even out. And so that's the next wave is that amidst all this civil unrest, it doesn't mean that like if you have to go mano a mano or if you get you find yourself in a in a chaotic situation and you have to defend yourself, you should always um, be prepared 
to do what you have to do, but walk in peace and walk in love. And uh, there's a strength to that. And I, and I genuinely feel that when more people tap back into those energies, that it'll like neutralize a lot of the hatred that's out there. Cause there, there's a lot of people who are hating, but they don't really feel that way. Like they're just confused. They don't really hate. Like there's some people who really do hate, but like, I've even seen like reformed like white supremacists who like like end up loving people of all colors and stuff like that. I've you know I've seen it happen time and time again where people hate and then they just have this revelation and they end up like embracing people, you know. Yeah, that's uh that's a hard thing to get past, but I mean, hopefully it doesn't take like just a complete meltdown for people to get that point hopefully we get there before um before you know before a horrible atrocity happens you know but yeah uh, but well you know interestingly enough one of the band members moms just texted me and she she was talking about a suit and she said wear it with peace love and joy so if that isn't a sign that we're on the right path right now then yeah well bada bing bada bada bing (laughs) Yeah. Uh, okay, so I know um, we got to start wrapping this up a little bit. Yes. Uh, uh, but uh, I just had a couple more things I wanted to cover. So you guys um, um, you guys are going to be at the Beautiful Festival. We talked about Life that. is Beautiful. Life yes. is Beautiful Festival, and that's September 23rd through the 25th, and that's Correct. J. Cole, Mumford's Sons, G-E-Z, hey. Kamasi, Washington, Leon Bridges, and many, many more. And you guys are going back to Sacra, uh, ooh, sorry, San Jose uh, on the 29th and 30th and October 1st. And, uh, oh, okay, so you're doing San Jose, Sacramento, and then Zugfest? What's Zugfest? Zugfest is, we're actually headlining, yeah, first time we're headlining a festival. It's, out, it's up in Downeyville, which is about about an hour and a half, I think, from Reno. Uh-huh. It's just out there in the middle of the hills. And Zug is a band that's based in Sacramento and Oregon. And uh, it's just a bunch of, like, jam bands, some, a few hip-hop bands. Like, maybe, I think it's only, like, maybe, like, two. But it's mostly, like, jam, rock, reggae. And it's just a fun, like, three-day camping thing. I've never been to this one, but I've, I've worked with many of the artists on this. And uh, it's just, like, going to be, like, it's supposed to be, like, you know, several hundred people out there, you know, it's just like kind of like a, a family festival. It's not like a huge thing. Oh, that's cool. But uh, yeah, that's that's going to be, that's what we're working the trip around. And the Sacramento show, I just got word, is um, that's going to be September 29th, excuse me, September 30th at Harlow's. And we're playing with James Cavern and Sister Crayon, who was just signed to Warner Brothers. Oh, cool. Yeah. Go Sister Crayon. Um, now, how is your guys' reception in Sacramento being your hometown? It's huge. Oh, that's it's, beautiful, man. Sacramento is – Sacramento is – it's obviously my home, but there are like – this will be our third show as the league. Like there are legitimate league fans who – I think they know who I am, but it's like people are about the league now. Like they're not that's even – like, and that's one of the greatest – compliments and rewards i could have gotten is that yeah like it's transcended whatever i used to do yeah it's it's interesting when it becomes something bigger than you 
Exactly. That's uh, that's crazy. Now you got you got uh, butterscotch. I know you have like a history of butterscotch, but she's like a world-renowned beatboxer, also an amazing rapper, great singer. She fucking can play her ass off on the guitar and multiple instruments, right? She's a piano and shit like that. Classically trained pianist since she was three. Yeah, I mean she's just talented. Didn't you just go to Germany with her? Yes, we were in Germany uh, last fall. Yeah, that was our second time. Actually, that's actually how we got the name for the band. The first time we went there, no, yeah, the first time we went to Germany, we also went to Switzerland. And uh, this this is a longer story. So the short version is <laughs> I met someone who was trying to tell me about this video called The Lick, uh-huh. but it was a French lady with an accent. So she ended up saying, you don't know The Lick? And I didn't know what she was talking about. So I told the story to the guys and I didn't know I was talking about a video. And they said, I love that video. And they showed me, and there's this video called The Lick. And sure enough, so that's why we called the leak, because I was on tour with Butterscotch, and this French woman approached me uh, trying to tell me about the lick. And that we spell it that way so that you pronounce it that way. So anyway. Um, the, that's a, yeah, because I didn't know how the fuck, what I first saw was like, leak you? Leak you? Right. right. What? Right. It's, it's Q-U-E because she's French, and it's just kind of like... You know, it's like similar spelling. How did you how did you hook up with Butterscotch? Butterscotch is from Davis, which is like oh yeah, you know, fifteen minutes from Sacramento. So we met on the Sacramento scene ten years ago, right? On. And uh, right before she ended up on America's Got Talent, probably about six months, and we just we just like were made for each other, and immediately uh, our compatibility as artists and friends is just off the charts, and. From the first time we had a gig together, we just decided we're going to help each other out for the rest of our lives. And we, she did it. She, she's truly got integrity. She took me to three different countries. She took me to New York. She took me to Vegas, a bunch of places I've never been. She just put me up. She just boosted my game to an extreme level. And, um, I mean, she honored what I did. And it, it wasn't like I was just just because I was the homie. She respected what I did in the first place. Yeah, but, yeah. But she took what I had and was like, "Yo, let's put it on this level." So. Right on. Now Zion, I, I mean, he's Bay Area, isn't he? Or, yes, sir. Yeah, Zion, I, yeah, I've seen I've seen Zion I before. Where Zion I is a huge deal. Zion yeah, I totally. Is a hero. That's what I was gonna say. Like, how did you end up coming? Because he's on your album. That I should say, he's on Democracy right. Manifest. Out now on Bandcamp. Okay, yes, yes, most indubitably. Yeah, Zion, I, that was a dream come true. I'm not even giving it the energy it deserves, but <laughs> I was so stoked, so psyched. Two of us were like already huge Zion I fans. Uh, Jason Corpus has been a fan of him for like. Well, you know, Zion and I used to be a duo, and then, like, it's just, like, Zumbi now, who is Zion and I still. But uh, he, uh, that was a dream come true, but how did it come about? <clears throat> I opened for Zion and I several times back in the day, about two or three times. And so, like, the last time I opened for them was at Sac State in 2010. Around the same, I almost missed this show because of the MTV thing I was telling you. Oh, yeah. And so, um... We stayed in touch, and we were about to work together back then. And then he had a kid, and then he went on tour, and then the tour manager he knew. No, I lost. I lost your sound, man. It's just this. Is, I can see you, but I can't hear you. I, I can't hear you. I can see you. 
Yeah. Um, let me <laughs> let me call you back and then we'll wrap up since this shit's being ridiculous for us. God damn it! I could talk to Rizar all day. He's such a fun dude to talk to. Sometimes guests just be sitting there looking at you sweating. You got to milk the information out of them. Oh, man, what happened? Okay, so we still don't have audio. I don't know why. Is it something? Oh, no, is it? Hold on. What the fuck, man? Um, this is just getting ridiculous. Why? Why did you do this to me? I don't know why it's doing it. Let me try taking out the headphone jack. Can you hear me? Or can I? I can hear you now. But now you're not being recorded. So let me try this. Okay, can you say something? Oh, my God. What an asshole. Not you. This stupid thing. So for some reason, the sound is not working through the headphone jack. But it is working through the speaker on the iPad. <sighs> this is very frustrating, and I do apologize, man. This is frustrating. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a close-up of me, and I'll just record the last bit of our conversation like this, I guess. Okay. This is... This is all right, say something. Hello? Yeah, there we go. So you're just sort of going to be through my microphone, and you might have to look at my neck as we finish up here. Cool. So Zion and I just just wrapping things up because of my awful iPad. Yeah. No, Zion and I is amazing. Zion and I is one of my favorite MCs of all time, specifically the album True and Living. I love what him and Amp Live did, and I've been like a huge fan of his, you know, and anyway – Came through town, came through Vegas last year, and he was on tour with Zion. It was Zion I, the Grouch, and Eli, and also Saul from uh, Saul is from Seattle. And so anyway, they came through, and my homegirl Coco Jenkins, who is the lady you hear speaking with me at the beginning of Democracy. Oh, you know, duh, you know Coco. I know than Coco. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah so bass Coco. player extraordinaire. Right, so Coco knows everybody, and Coco knows I and I. So she was like, hey, fool, are you going to come to the show? And I, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I wasn't going to go. I wanted to, but I was tired and I had other stuff. But then she was like, hey, fool, he remembers you. <laughs> and uh, so, so like he actually put me on the list, and I was like, all right, I can't not go. So I went, and he remembered me, and we kicked it, and we kicked it real tough. And they, we exchanged information, and he remembered all the shows we did, and just kind of stayed in touch. And that was April, and then it took about I hollered at him like in September, let him know, and then I really hollered at him like in December, and he was like, "Yeah, all right." And I was like, "We need it by January, though." And he's like, "Cool." And then it took a while, but it was worth the wait. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely kicks it, man, on that fucking, on his verse. Yeah. Well, um, I had a couple rapid-fire questions that I kind of stole from Tim Ferriss. Uh, do you know who Tim Ferriss is? I'm very familiar with 4-Hour Workweek, but also, uh, yeah, he's a genius, but also, uh, 
shout out to Ruby Ibarra who was killing it on uh, nastiness. I'll just say that. Go oh, ahead. right on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And then the last person who I'd never heard of, but she kills it too. Yeah. She's uh, yes. Anyways, oh, oh yeah. I wanted to. I definitely wanted to play uh, Demac Democracy Manifest. Let's listen to that, and then we'll come back, and then I'll try to attempt to ask him a couple more questions, and then um, we'll wrap things up. And we're back. Okay, so like I kind of stole this from Tim Ferriss because uh, he has his own podcast, and they're great questions, but um, I kind of changed it. I was like, what's the last album, the last album that you've... Um, that you've suggested to someone other than your own? I heard the question, I'm just thinking. No problem, take your time. Or what? what, what is one that might you suggest? Motherfucker! Okay. Alright, we're just gonna wrap this shit up because... This is ridiculous. The fucking thing just went dead. Oh my god, I am just... Man, Skype. You can hear it beeping at me. It's beeping. Beeping. What's going on? Oh, one more time. Damn you, Skype. And damn you, fucking. There we go. Hello. Yeah, what's up, man? This. No, I got it. You don't even have to explain it. It dropped. But, um, where was I? Just the last album that you've uh, suggested or might suggest now. Man, to anybody. there's so many amazing albums, but I was just listening. I put up, I know what I did. I put my homie up on uh, Logic, the Incredible True Story. Logic, the Incredible True Story. What and what? Uh, what genre or what kind of hip album? hop? Hip hop. Logic, the Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, we listen to so many albums, though, man. This is crazy. I understand. It's really hard to like sort of nail that down. His book, his version, his question is, "What's the last book you suggested to somebody?" That's a little easier because it's like you know you got to sit with a book. Right, right, exactly. Do you do you have a book that you read recently that? Uh, yeah, I'm always reading. I'm pretty nerdy. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. A, no, not at all. There's a book called The Secrets of Success. Um, I bought it in, anyway, it doesn't matter where I bought it. Well, it does matter. It's an awesome bookstore in Portland called Powell's Books, but, um, it's called Secrets of Success. It's by, I believe, Candace Pert, and I forget the other lady's name, but they're twins, and, uh, it's like Susan Taylor and, like, Candace Pert. Anyway, they just break down everything. It's an awesome book, and actually, it's something Tim Ferriss would be about. You know, because it's all about like success, prosperity, uh, getting right with yourself. Right on. And then, is there a, um, is there like, I don't know, it's hard to say bad habit, but um, 
Is there like maybe a crutch that you leaned on with your writing or maybe the band leaned on that you guys have realized uh, maybe in the past or maybe are currently working on? Um, is there like a, I hate to say bad habit, but like just some, like maybe a crutch you guys would lean on or maybe you would lean on in your writing um, that you are working on correcting or uh, that you are going to or, or that you have corrected in the past? I mean, there's always, you know, getting groove is important, you know, make sure that you're really grooving right. I mean, I would say something about like the, the record would be is to definitely make sure that you're very familiar with the songs because we, the songs developed a lot more and we just kind of had to get it, but like, the next time we go in, we want to make sure we already have a lot of stuff figured out because we knew how to play the songs. But there's like there's certain things we do on Billy's Holiday where I say like strange fruit hangs high, real souls can't die. Well, now there's a drum part, dun, 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 but we don't do that on the record, you know. So things that came with doing the songs more. So like uh, I would say we would just want to sit with the the songs more before we try to lay it down. Yeah, and I think I think that would be a suggestion for any band. Um, try not to arrange or try to really um, know your song, know your material. And even if you can, demo your songs out before you even go into the studio and you have to pay because there's nothing worse than paying for arranging your own music. Exactly. <laughs> and with that, Rasar, I, I appreciate your time, my man. And like, I'm sorry about all the connection problems and all this stuff but i really appreciate you coming and taking some time out of your day i know you're a busy man and you're doing big things with the leak and, and i can't wait to see what you guys do next and man i really want to bring you well i i really want you guys to come back to san diego i think san diego should have the leak and you know i'm gonna try everything i can to, to help in that uh, but you know uh, <sighs> Yeah, it was it was awesome. So, all right, Rasar, I appreciate your time, and you have a wonderful, blessed day, man. All right, you too, man. Thank you. All right, peace out, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Can you believe this shit? Skype is asking me, how would you rate the quality of this call? Can you believe it? I'm going to fucking say one star, because that was some horse shit. Let's see. Couldn't hear sound. The other side couldn't hear me sometimes. No echo. Heard noise in the call. Volume was low. No. The call unexpected. Yeah. Ended unexpectedly. I, I think some of this shit, though, is probably um, on my end because uh, my internet sucks out in the garage. So, sorry, Rissa. <laughs> but still, uh, he had distorted speech on his end. Uh, we kept interrupting each other. No, that was actually not bad. Other, please, no. Uh, I could not see his video. He couldn't see me. The other side could not see my video. That's the one. Image was, no. Video kept freezing. Yes. Um, video stopped unexpectedly. Yes. I'm clicking this. Uh, the other side was too dark. No. Video was ahead or behind. No. Other, please specify. Okay, so I'm gonna do this feedback thing that you guys just went back. There's the audacity of these sons of bitches, even though I know that most of this was probably my fault. 
Anyways, that was the great Rasar Armani. He, what a gentleman. He was very open with us, and uh, we appreciate that. Remember, the band is called The Leak. You can find them at theleak.com. That's T-H-E-L-I-Q-U-E.com. Their album, Democracy Manifest, is out now, out on... uh, Bandcamp, and they're going to be releasing it digitally everywhere. You can get a hard copy. If you're in the Vegas area or you're in um, San Jose or Sacramento, any of those dates coming up in September, I'll list all that stuff in the liner notes. I'll list a link to the band. Uh, Go get a hard copy. Support these guys. These guys, I guarantee these guys are going to go big or go home. I mean, these guys are fucking amazing. Great musicianship. Rasar can rap his ass off, and he's a very nice, educated guy. So you just heard him. Very nice, very friendly. What a great guy. So go ahead and write the show if you would want. If you want, uh, it's uh, we speak English good dot at dot com. And by the way, everyone, I'm working on the we speak English good website right now, so I'm sorry that's still down. But uh, it's called the we speak. It, you can write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. Go ahead, write us or don't, or um, you know, say something nice, say something rude if you like. I guess that's fine too. And um, I love you guys. And just remember what uh, remember what Rissar said. Just you know, be nice. And you know what? Since I have the pad, I might as well do a, a good closing here. I, I like this close. I'm gonna keep this end. I might not do the beginning, but you know what? So let me see. I think this is right. There we go. Anyways, be nice to your fellow man, folks, and women. HJ's for everybody, of course. Stay up. I got a piece so bad